This podcast is sponsored by Cluck You Chicken. Order online at www.cluckumorristown.com or call 973-540-0186. Cluck You Chicken, it's an addiction we deliver right on 64 Morris Street, Morristown, New Jersey, under four miles of the campus of FDU Florham. Good evening, everyone. We're back for the second edition tonight of the Fairleigh Dickinson Florham Pigskin Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Polencars, with head coach Brian Serace. Coach, real tough loss to Widener. Yes, and uh, thanks for uh, having us again, uh, Neil. Really appreciate all the work that you do. Yeah, it was. It was disappointing, you know. The uh, and, and unfortunately, the, the score didn't dictate a, a little bit of how the game went. Uh, you know, we, we got down early, uh, and uh, the unfortunate thing was we had a chance uh, right before half to get back into the game and have multiple opportunities. Uh, from the two-yard line in, and even from the one-yard line multiple opportunities with some penalties that Widener had. And unfortunately, uh, right before the half, we snapped the ball over our quarterback's head that Widener recovered. And that ended that uh, tremendous scoring opportunity. And then uh, uh, later on in the game, in the uh, uh, third quarter, uh, Widener, uh, we drove the ball down the field, and Widener returned an interception for 90 yards, and it was a 10-yard pass. So we had the ball inside the red zone, uh, and again, driving the ball, moving the ball, again, trying to get something positive, and, and uh, again, just trying to get back into the game, and unfortunately, uh, returned that interception 90 yards for a touchdown to, to uh, really extend the lead. And, and uh, you know, that was the unfortunate thing. That, those weren't the only things, but obviously – trying to get back into a game against a good team like that, you really need to be opportunistic. And it's something that, uh, you know, we've talked to our team about. And we really have to improve on that going into the Stevenson game this week because uh, it doesn't matter what phase it is, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. But when you have that opportunity to make a play, you know, you really have to take advantage of that. If you have an opportunity to score a touchdown or if you have an opportunity to – to uh, change field position in special teams, whatever it may be. Get that opportunity, make the most of it, and hopefully that's going to help the game turn a little bit in emotion and uh, and score. Coach, one educational thing I'd like to know, third quarter, it was just it was at the 12-19 mark. Your defense was on the field. They didn't have all 11 players set. How do you interpret that? Uh, well, the... At least that's what we heard from the refs in the press box. Yes, with with our defense, you're talking about correct. Yeah, the um, uh, pretty much what what they were calling was uh, uh, that that our defense there was confusion with um, players on the field. I believe, uh, you know, with with what was going on, and uh, at that point we weren't going to take uh, a timeout because they were still going to punt the ball per se. If that's the play that you're talking about, I believe. Um, so uh, even though it was fourth down, uh, you know, we were just going to take the penalty and still have them kick the ball to us and, and uh, keep hold of the ball. But that's something that, like I tell our players, that's just focus. You got to know what uh, you know what uh, what team you're on and who's on the field, things along those lines. Coach, two defensive players I did like their effort. Both got sacks. Ryan Sullivan, he got a long sack. In that game, absolutely, you knocked them out of uh, uh, field goal range. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I mean, it was uh, uh, you know, in the, they were in the red zone. They're driving the ball, and he was able to uh, 
you know, really, and again, I don't know the yardage per se, but I would say it was a good uh, 15 to 18-yard sack and, and uh, really changed uh, field position in the red zone per se. And then uh, I'm probably guessing the other player going to say it was Tim Brown when you're talking Brown. about a sack. And Tim had his best game to date. I mean, he had, uh, he had five tackles, one tackle for a loss, and, and, and a sack as well. Not to Ryan's extent of yardage, but Tim's really a plugger. I mean, he's he is very strong and, and very explosive. Uh, but his game's not getting the sacks. It's more in the run game. And I'm going to plug this gap and try to go off a block and, and make a play. And, and Tim's, uh, 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 you know, still uh, playing with a cast on because he he uh, hurt, hurt his arm. But but uh, still making plays. And uh, we were excited about the game that he had, you know, which, which uh, for, you know, uh, starting so many games for us throughout. This is his third year now. Uh, to have that type of game in that type of environment was was very good to see from Tim. Head coach Brian Serres is my guest. We will be doing the Stevenson game this Saturday. It is a 1 p.m. game. Jack Green, your quarterback, hasn't played in two years. What's it been like for him? Yeah, so uh, we made a decision as a staff to uh, to go with Jagger. Uh, in the uh, in the Weiner game, um, and, and Joey McCain, who had started the Montclair State game, uh, took it uh, in stride like a pro, and was really working hard. Uh, you know, uh, when we made that decision, and continues to work hard now. But but speaking of Jagger with the Weiner game, uh, obviously he he did not play last year. He had played uh, two years ago, and his one start was in Stevenson as a freshman. And uh, he's at a different time and place as a, as a player right now because uh, his freshman year he did uh, did not get many reps. He was uh, throughout the season up until that point he was really the third string quarterback. The so third string quarterback you don't get many reps in practice, and he was thrust in because of a, a variety of things that happened uh, the week before, he was stressed into the starting role against Stevenson on the road in their homecoming, and that's a lot to handle for a freshman. I, I uh, related to, and it's, it's not even this bad, but when you look at the New England Patriots this year where uh, their third string quarterback because Tom Brady's suspension and now Garoppolo's injury, and now you have their third stringer from, from North Carolina State, uh, Brisket, or whatever his name may be, uh, is now starting. Um, but Brisket played a little bit in the Miami game to get his feet wet the week before. So uh, Jagger didn't have that opportunity, you know, two years ago against Stevenson down there. Uh, this year he's got a game under his belt now. He's, you know, again, gone through uh, a camp with us in, in a spring ball again and, uh, and uh, you know, has gone through uh, the week of preparation, you know, um, you know, since camp, you know, for each game. So he has some some more experience and should have some more confidence. Now he does have to improve on some things, obviously, but but we're excited uh, uh, about the strides that that he took in wider and hope that, that he continues that uh, in the upcoming weeks. Also on the offensive side of the ball, one of your tri captains, Justin Ballard, he's been very versatile. What's his efforts been, and he's been able to be a captain? Absolutely. Justin's, uh, you know, a senior force, uh, played a lot of football at a variety of positions. And he's really one of those 5-2 offensive linemen that you can plug in at tackle, at guard. He's played a lot of guard force uh, this year and, and really throughout his career more of a, uh, a you know, more of a backup emergency tackle if we need him in a game, but more of an interior guy can also uh, snap the ball at center. And when you have someone who can play all five positions and understand them and verbalize them and get everybody going in the right direction, that's very important 
from an offensive lineman's mentality. And again, uh, he's battled through some injuries throughout his career, uh, but you know we're, we're really excited to uh, to have him healthy right now, playing for us. The one guy you definitely need healthy, Isan Mobley, your wideout. No question, Isan uh, had a tremendous game uh, Friday night uh, with. Uh, you know, I believe uh, over 120 yards receiving and, and only about six catches and has really been a threat for us offensively. And uh, we're looking for bigger and better things from him uh, as the season grows and as he continues to grow in this offense. He's playing a little bit different of a role this year than he has in previous years for us. But we're excited about what he's done so far and what he can bring to the table in the upcoming games because you just – Every day, continue to see some growth in his football mentality and uh, his playing ability, which is which is exciting for us. Another player that freshman keeps continuing to thrive, John Pellegrini. Another touchdown, no question, and that's uh, you know two games and two touchdowns, and uh, you know as a freshman. Uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a threat. You know, he's a big target when, when you see him. He has good, soft hands. And he's someone that this can't be discounted. He was a three-sports star in high school. And when you play three sports, you really have a feel of competition. You have a feel of hand-eye coordination. You have a feel of how to maneuver your body to, to make a play. You know, whether he was getting a rebound in basketball, whether he was batting or throwing in baseball, or obviously playing football on the football field, there's some different movements that his body can do that maybe some others who aren't three sports stars or two sports stars uh, can't do because they're just limited to having have played, uh, you know, one sport. And I know I always get that question all the time about playing multiple sports. And we we encourage our guys in high school go and play as many sports as you can because it's only going to make you a better athlete, and that's important. And John typifies that and has really started off his career very nicely here, and, and we expect bigger and better things from him throughout the season. Coach, we go to Stevenson, Saturday game, beautiful stadium, state-of-the-art. What do you tell your underclassmen? They could be overwhelmed about a trip like this, and, you know, we are traveling. Absolutely, and it's, it's our one overnight trip a year that we have. We either go to Stevenson one year, and the next year we'll go to Lycoming College for how far it is away. It's about three hours and, you know, change 15 minutes away maybe. Uh, but we try to make it as normal a day as possible, so we have a normal Friday practice. We don't leave here until after dinner Friday. So the kids up to that point, it's a normal Friday for them. Uh, and then we will jump on the bus and bus down, hopefully miss some traffic in the New Jersey, Philadelphia, Baltimore region uh, as we as we head down there. And by the time we get to the hotel, we're going to grab, you know, a quick bite to eat, uh, you know, get into our hotel rooms, you know, fall asleep, and then get up, have a pregame meal, and, and, and we shuttle off to the stadium. And like you said, I mean, they're, they're – environment is a college football environment, uh, which, which is nice. And we'll talk about that with our kids. But ultimately, the game's on a 100-yard field, you know, and you got to play the game between the white lines. And that's what you're worried about. You know, you always hear all these sayings, and we talk to our team about it, you know, ignore the noise and, and everything that's going on outside because ultimately you have to do your job. So no matter what's going on outside you, the fans are excited, the fans are booing, the fans are getting on you, the fans are cheering you on, whatever it may be. That's all good and great, but you still have to 
close all that off and do your job because your teammates are counting on you to, to give your best effort that play and not worry about outside factors. If you're going to worry about that, then you're going to worry about everything else that you can't control, the weather, the officials, the field surface, you name it. And ultimately, you have to go out and do your job. And that's probably the most important thing. But we want to embrace that environment that we're in, enjoy that, use that to our advantage, and, you know, have fun as, as a team. And I looked at the weather's supposed to be really nice. I don't see any rain. So that looks all pretty good for your team. Absolutely, yeah. It, it uh, looks like it's going to be a beautiful day on, on a Saturday afternoon. And, and again, like you said, the, the game time is 1 p.m. And, and uh, I know uh, they are a tremendous team, and we have a tremendous uh, challenge in front of us because of, uh, you know, uh, how they're building their program and where they've gone each step in, in each year and, and where they're at this year is, is just tremendous. Coach, during the week, what do you say to your team after the loss to Widener, transforming into just staying in the present at practice and prior to Stevenson? Well, again, the the big thing is, as we talked to our guys, having a Friday night game, we don't talk to our team on, on Saturday. We still have our normal Sunday routine where we're going to go through our normal Sunday schedule, film, lift, and run. But we're going to talk to them. Uh, about our mistakes, try to correct the mistakes and go over the mistakes because ultimately if we don't and are unable to correct the mistakes that we've just made, we're going to have difficulty the next week in you know, uh, making the right choices or doing the right things in those situations. So that's the first thing that we really hone in on on that Sunday. And then ultimately you get on to your next opponent um, for us, we have off on Monday, so we'll get on to our next opponent on Tuesday and go over the scouting report and have our first practice of the week for that opponent. And now we're really honed in on that. And the, from a player's point of view, as we tell them, and you've heard this before, but it's 24 hours. I mean, you got to get out of your system after 24 hours. And usually that takes watching the game film with the coaches to, to accept those corrections, take ownership of those corrections. And then you got to go out and make the corrections. That's the most important thing. I mean, you can say, yeah, I made a mistake and, and uh, it was my mistake. But now you got to go out and fix the mistake when you're in practice, whatever position that may be. But let's go out and really be conscious of those things, make sure we're not letting them happen again, whether it's the person who it happened to or maybe someone else that it could happen to. I mean, we could correct the right guard all day on something that he did wrong that was vitally important, but it could also happen to the left guard. Or it could have the right tackle, left tackle, or center. So let's make sure we're making all those corrections, um, and, and everybody's taking heed uh, to, to those uh, to those things. And uh, and then, you know, as the week progresses, the you know you're building to a crescendo for for game time for for that emotional peak that you want to be at. And coach, with your special teams, I usually come to your practices on Friday. During the week, what did they do compared to the Friday walkthrough? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is we'll take uh, we we work on field goal extra point and our field goal extra point block every day. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll work on that. And then during the week, uh, Tuesday, we will pick two of you know the four main other special teams: punt, pump block, uh, kickoff, kickoff return. We'll pick two of those on Tuesday. We'll pick two of the others on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we'll review all four of those, plus field goal and field goal block. So uh, by the time we get to Friday's walkthrough, they have seen special teams 
twice throughout the week. And for field goal, they've seen it three times, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So uh, the first day is brand new to them. The second day they see it, which would be Thursday, it's a little bit of a review for them. And then by Friday, the walkthrough, you know, they kind of know what's what's coming and what's what's going to happen in the game. Coach, I believe it was in the Widener game. Nick Macheski, did he bubble that punt? Yes, he did. Unfortunately, you know, again, and, and no one felt worse than Nick about this. And it's one of the things that we talk about our players all the time, and I don't know if you remember this, but before that punt, we came out of halftime and we decided that, that we were going to uh, uh, kick a certain way with Nick, and it just didn't go his way. It wasn't a great kick by Nick. No one felt worse than him when he came off the field, and I talked to him a little bit about it. And Really coming off of a tremendous first game uh, with what we asked Nick to do as a first-time punter and kicker for us. He did. This was the first kind of challenge he had a little bit, and I think if you ask Nick, he probably was trying to do a little bit too much when he caught that ball. Trying to make the perfect punt and punt it 100 yards to make up for, for the, the kickoff that he had a couple minutes earlier. And unfortunately, he took his eyes off the ball. So he had it and took his eyes off the ball and it bobbled down. And he did, a, uh, did his best to kind of retrieve it behind him. And as he went to go kick it, the wider defender kind of was swing tackling him. And so it didn't go the distance that he went or got in the air. And it literally went directly to a wider player. You couldn't have a a better kick to to an opposing player with no one in front of that ran in for for uh, you know for a quick touchdown and that was that was tough because uh, you know as I told Nick you can't make two wrongs from one wrong you know you gotta you gotta kind of move on the nice thing is as he came off the field and we talked about that his next punts were some of the best punts he had or the best punts he had except for the first punt of the game he had the entire game and that was good to see because. Uh, you want to see how people react. And, yeah, he didn't react great, his first sign of adversity. But, boy, this was even worse than the first sign of adversity. And there's kind of no lower feeling that, that a special teams kicker or punter could have unless, you know, with what he did, dropping the ball. But he came back and really answered the bell. And, and that was nice to see from his mental capabilities of being able to bounce back from something like that. Coach, any last remarks? No, I'm just, uh, you know, we're excited to, to head down to uh, to Stevenson. And, you know, we again, we have a tremendous challenge in front of us. I know uh, we were talking earlier, Neil, but I, I've been coaching 21 years, 22 years. I've been around football. I've never heard of this, but there's been three weeks of college football in Division Three, and our conference names a, a Defensive Player of the Week every week. Stevenson's had three Defensive Players of the Week on the secondary which makes it even even a, a tighter, amazing feat that they've had. So, and, and that's just one aspect of their game. Correct. They're good in all three phases. They really are. And uh, you know, so so we're excited about the opportunity uh, to, to head down there and, and uh, you know play good, solid, fundamental football and, uh, and see where it happens. But we we appreciate your time and everything that you do for us. Thanks, Coach, and I'll be there. And that is a one p.m. game this Saturday, FDU Florham at Stevenson. You were listening to another edition of FDU Florham Pigskin Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Cluck U Chicken. Order online at www.cluckumorristown.com or call 973-540-0186. Cluck U Chicken, it's an addiction we deliver right on 64 Morris Street, Morristown, New Jersey, under four miles of the campus of FDU Florham.